Welcome to But Jesus Drank Wine and other stories that kept us stuck. I'm Mead. And I'm Christy. In this podcast, we'll explore the stories that kept us, well, stuck, wanting to drink and not wanting to drink all at the same time. Join us as we show you that freedom from alcohol does not have to mean a life sentence of misery and missing out, but actually means living an authentic life full of peace, joy, and purpose. Hi. Oh my gosh. So if you're just always listening to these podcasts, please go to YouTube today. Maybe at the end of the episode. Wait, wait, let's take a picture. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to put it on the, on the Instagram. Okay. Bye y'all. Wait, I can't see your jumper. You kind of have to like, oh, oh, get your holly and your jolly. Why are we the way we are? I don't know. (laughs) We have on our Christmas sweaters or as Christy would say, uh, Christmas jumpers. Christmas jumpers, as you guys say. I think that sounds so much cooler than Christmas sweater. What do you and Ella call uh, the thing that's not a sweatshirt and it's not a sweater? I'm sure she has some in her wardrobe. I know Holland and I. Like cardigan? No. Like we were, you know, like these days the trend is to wear sweatshirts, but like elevated sweatshirts. So they're almost like sweaters or sweaters that are a little bit more casual. Do you not know about sweat? We call them sweshers. Sweshers? No. Sweshers. Yeah. No, I did not know this name. No, because I haven't heard it. But Holland and I were like, there has to be a name for. Wait, so did you make it up? Yes, we made it up. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. okay. It may not okay. be original, but I was right. just curious if like you and Ella had a had a word for describing, hey, where's my, there's those, you know. Those jumpers that are not quite sweatshirts and they're not quite sweaters. How do you like talk about them? No, no, nothing. No, no, you don't have something like that. Y'all are fancier over there. There's a lot. We're really not. There's a lot of like, where's my hoodie from Carter? Anyway, Uh, hoodie uh, on my hoodie. Yeah, hoodie. Okay. And there's a complete lack of actual jackets being worn, which like Chris is so sick and tired of me like talking about this topic i'm sorry babe if you're listening but like these people go out without enough clothes on and it's freezing outside and they just think that a hoodie can suffice Mm -hmm. for the london cold and it cannot dog i have not bought a jacket for my children in a solid probably three years for that reason (laughs) (laughs) they don't own jackets i stopped buying them because they don't wear them i yeah i don't understand like, why, why don't you wear your, why don't you wear your coat? Why don't you want to be warm? I don't, I don't know. know. It's really weird. I hate being cold. I hate being cold too. It's really yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah. So just, you know, save money, stop buying the coat. I figure at some point they're going to be like, hey, I want a coat because they don't have one. Because that's right. how it is, right? When they have it, they don't want it. But when they don't have it, then they're going to be like, please have a coat. And I'll be like, hmm, hmm, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll buy you a coat. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Good tactic. I like it. I don't know. That's that's what we've had going on over here because it's really Mother cold now. Teen parenting hacks one hundred and one, guys. That's <laughs> what we're that's what we're actually not here to talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't ask us how to do that because we don't. It, we're winging it. We are winging it. Please tell me about your birthday weekend. So Christy just celebrated her, her birthday. I was going to give the number, but I don't know. Is that top secret information? No, I'm 41 and proud because I don't feel... Yes, ma'am. 
41. Although, like, there are some perimenopausal hormones that are hitting me pretty hard these days, which we do not have to go into in depth in this moment. <laughs> but I will say that I'm feeling quite all over the place. And so I'm going to go get my blood blood work done to check my estrogen levels. But other than that, I feel great. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep it real, you guys. I'm just trying to keep it real. I'm trying to yeah. So I <laughs> went to tea, did a tea at this beautiful place in Richmond called Petersham Nurseries. Wait, hold on. Mm-hmm. Pause. Sorry. Pause. Gonna, pause back to that. I'm just thinking about the fact that you can even pick up on perimenopausal symptoms because right. you're not right. drinking. It's not a hangover. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not a hangover. So you're actually able to to notice those symptoms, which I just want to say a little plug there for just one of those unexpected gifts of being free from alcohol is that like you yeah. get to notice those things in a way that allows you to then treat the root root cause versus yeah. just continuing to avoid. Right. Right. And so. it's so good and so true because because what it mainly is, it is a total and complete like energy. It's just my energy shot, right? Like it's to a level where I feel mm-hmm. jet lagged and I and I know what I'm doing. I'm going to bed at nine o'clock. I'm obviously not drinking. I try to limit my caffeine. I do all the, I drink my electrolytes. Thanks to you. I do, I take all the things and do my magnesium, yada, yada, yada. And it hits me like I've just gotten off the plane from Los Angeles. And so I know it's hormonal and there's yeah. other things that are going on as well. But I'm just like, okay, I, I, I need to look at this. But before being exhausted and mm-hmm. grumpy would have automatically just been my day to day, like life as having a hangover. So. You're right. I can totally feel the difference. And you would have, I would have beaten myself up for then why I feel crappy, which would have just made it doubly hard to. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, just all the things. So anyway, back on track. Yeah. So tea, starting with tea. Okay. So we did a little tea vibe, which was so nice with some of my girlfriends I play paddle with. And then on Saturday, Chris and I went to Love Actually in concert. Oh, so we had an orchestra. I know. And you know what? The orchestra was so great. But I think what made it for me is seeing that movie again, like in a theater with other humans. That movie has like a really special place in my heart because I actually saw it in London. It was 20 years ago. It's a 20 year anniversary. So 20 years ago, while I was studying abroad here during college. Is that right? Yeah. And so that 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 scene of Heathrow Airport, because I've done that that whole thing of arriving in Heathrow or arriving in a lake so many times, I like choke up every single beginning and end of that movie. But anyways, it was so nice to see it and hear it with like other people laughing at the parts and like crying at the parts and all of that stuff. So that was fun. That sounds amazing. I love that movie so much. I mean, just one of all time. I could watch it any time of year, too. I just love it. And then Sunday, I just had a nice little lunch with some some gal pals. So it was really nice. It was so nice. And you know what? Just we had a bottle of like non-alcoholic pink sparkles and a nice just long like connecting, sharing about the it was just a ni- it was just nice. It was so nice and peaceful and joyful. And then last night got to watch Ella sing carols at school. So my loved gosh. it. I loved my birthday. It was great. What a yeah. perfect weekend. I love but- that. So what I, so wanna, what was, I was going to say, just, yeah, like to reinforce the loop there too. What's the best part of reinforce the loop? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't know. I liked it. I think it's reinforce the loop. I don't know. Sounds good. <laughs> We're professionals here. Like what's the best part of doing this weekend? So this is what birthday number four, free from alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. 
what's what's the best part about this one? Because it never gets um, old, you guys. That's the thing. It never yeah. gets old. Yeah, yeah. I think I think just being able to being able to actually enjoy it, <laughs> right? Not trying to like just get get through it. Like the yes. you know, like I wished away so much of my day before, and this was just like you know enjoyable, but also getting to ask myself like what. I needed, you know? So, like, when we got home from the movies, I was like, I'm going to go take a nap. That's and nice. I would have never done that before. I would have just kept drinking and probably mm-hmm. had more people over and then not slept. And then it was just like, you get to Monday today. We we chatted before we hit record about how we're both, like, you know, Christmas season and we're a little bit tired. I, I mean, it's just not even a comparison of yeah. what it was before. And so, so many things. And I think that it's also... I think that as moms, our birthdays, and this is going to come out wrong and it's not how I mean it, but I'm just going to say it. It, it. It's about our kids too. Do you know what I mean? I love how my kids get excited that it's yeah. my birthday. And so yes. I, I have to put on that. Not put on, but do you know what I'm so trying to say? Yes. Yeah. I want to be like excited that they're handing me their gift yeah. and, and a, a cake or whatever. And not like, all I want to do is lie back down. Yeah. You know, and no, so, I, yeah, I get that. I don't know if that makes sense. You you get to share it with your people in a meaningful way. That's what I'm it. trying to say. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> I got you, girl. Go drink your electrolytes after this. But no, I totally get that. And and the whole nap thing too, I think that's something I took a I took a nap on my birthday this year too. And the difference between taking a nap because you're choosing to take a nap because that feels restorative and that feels good and you have you know, had meaningful time with your all your favorite people and you've done that and also it being okay to go, not because you have to, because now I have this coming up behind this and it better get through it. And I feel like crap yeah. because I had too much to drink last night. There's just a total difference in that 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 I think is what you were kind of alluding to as well. That is just I mean, I it never gets old talking about the things that are different and better as a result of not not and not having alcohol in the equation and not yeah. wanting, just not desiring it to be in the equation. So true. I want to so hear true. about this party you went to. Tell me about the party that you did. So yeah, I was I was telling you, so we had a good weekend. Um, you know, this time of year is, is busy socially. And we went to, I, it didn't hit me until I mean, really like this morning when I was thinking about what we were going to talk about today. You know, kind of unrelated, but this was our first Christmas party without alcohol, not first Christmas party where we're not drinking because we've done that many, many years now, free from alcohol, but our first party, Christmas party that didn't serve alcohol. And let me just tell you how refreshing it was. So how was it a friend? Who's that? Yeah. So a friend of ours. Yeah. And, and they were hosting like a, you know, like a Christmas kind of like open house type thing where and for the, they have, you know, kids from teenager to younger, like my kids, you know, age ranges. And so it was about having, the, you know, the kids getting together and having their friends and, and then, you know, some of us, you know, as adults being there as well, kind of getting, taking advantage of the social opportunity too. And it just, and, I, and then I thought about it, I was like, this isn't maybe just my first Christmas party that didn't have alcohol served. I think it's the first party I've ever been to as an adult that didn't serve alcohol. Even parties where it was largely 
you know, maybe about the kids getting together, you know, say the teens or whatever, there would still at least be, you know, like adult beverages, so to speak, for the adults who were there. And I just, I was every single, all three of my kids, different age ranges, had the best time. We had the best time. Um, it, there was no worry about like my kid overhearing or seeing things that would otherwise maybe be, um, you know, once people start drinking, you get looser. Totally. I, and I'm saying this from a place, by the way, like always from a place of like, I was, when I was drinking, this was a worry of mine. Yeah. Now that I don't drink, this continues to still be a worry of mine and, you know, has me thinking about like when, when those opportunities are for like, when it's not appropriate to bring my kids around certain situations, but it was so refreshing that the whole family could go. There was music, like the, the teens, some of the teens are musicians and they, they played Christmas music, like live, they performed. The boys were outside playing basketball the whole time. The little, you know, the little kids were, it was, and the kids, it was just the most refreshing experience to be at a party where, and what I also noticed to be at a party where alcohol is not the center dampening the evening yeah it's not yeah. the center it's not all the kids were delightful this is the other thing i was like gosh like can you with these teenagers they're amazing kids and yeah i loved having that opportunity to hang out with you know and interact with these these teens from our school but anyway yeah it was it was really cool and it was something that we as a family got to experience and then you know the next day everyone's like that as a family we had an experience on a saturday night that was just just good old-fashioned family fun you know like love it. good old-fashioned family it. fun and this is the other thing i noticed when there's not alcohol being served people leave at a decent time yeah the, the party was over and we i wasn't the first one leaving uh yeah in my drinking days i would have been the last one leaving in my free from alcohol days i'm definitely the first one who you know leaving in this situation we all left at the same respectable hour and still i was you know, asleep by 1030. It was amazing. Got up early for church. Oh, great. So Love I think that there is, I was just, yeah, I was excited to think that, oh, all right, maybe, oh, maybe there'll be more of a, a trend towards these kind of socials. And did you hear anybody that like maybe doesn't know you say, oh my gosh, I can't believe there's no booze. Or it was just, no. everyone was cool and nobody asked. Yeah. yeah. And so what is this family? You know them. I'm like literally in shock. I don't think I, this is, I can't even imagine this happening. And I think very much because it's also England and we just love a drink over here. I can't I know, even imagine, imagine it. I can't I even imagine it. Like, I honestly. know. I know. And, that, you know and that's doing the work that we do and talking about this all day long. I still can't imagine it. So I, I love know. it. I know. Yeah. I know. And I think that's why after the fact, I was like, oh, yeah, like, it's not, I mean, I'm so used to not drinking and so used to not being phased by whether other people are drinking or not. Now, if my right. kids are around, that, like I said, that's a different story. I'm, I'm paying attention to that. But, but yeah, it was, it, I think it's like, oh, I think old school. I think this is how people used to have parties back in the day before alcohol became the central focus of everything. Mm. I really do. I, yeah. Or else I've just always, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't explain it. It was, yeah, but it'll, uh, yeah. So I'll have I to ask that. My, my girlfriend what her, you know, kind of reasoning was. But I mean, I think yeah. was, we had teenagers there and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there were kids there and 
So yeah. Yeah. Having a party yeah. with alcohol, maybe like I think about it now, like that doesn't seem like a good fit when we have teens, but that is so normal. And yeah. so I'm excited to think about that. This is something that is doable. Everybody had fun and Hey, maybe I'll, maybe I'll host a little party without any alcohol and we'll see how that goes. I love it. We're having a party next, next week. And I mean, I think honestly, I'm just going to say, bring, bring it if you want to drink it. And I'm serving non-alcoholic stuff because honestly, I just don't feel like spending the money on mm -hmm. ethanol for anybody. anybody. I know. <laughs> so just so over it, right? Like I would rather have that money be mm -hmm. into canapes or we're going to do white elephant, which the kids love. I'd do a whole like white elephant thing. And yeah. Yeah. And I love the whole, the less alcohol there, the earlier people will leave. Because as you know, I have a pillow that says, please leave by nine. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. And I love that. And I think that's where it's the only reason why we, I used to stay up late was because the alcohol does that. And it's like, what, what really is happening? that otherwise, what would we even be missing? N nothing, nothing really good happens beyond that point totally. of the evening. So there's nothing even to miss out on. Yeah, I, I think I, I, yeah, I think I'm just still like, I'm, like I was saying earlier, like it just never gets old thinking about how much freer, how much better, how much less worry and stress there is yeah. And, yeah. and how refreshing that is that I don't have, there was no stress of like my kids being amongst adults and what they might overhear when mm -hmm, adults mm -hmm. aren't paying attention to mm -hmm. what they're saying because they've had a little bit to drink because that was something that worried me when I was drinking and it definitely is something that worried me and the, the common denominator being around other people who are drinking. Yeah. So, yeah. The way to eliminate that is to be around people who aren't drinking. So love it. Yeah. Not that I'm anti anyone, you know, I don't want this to sound judgy at all because it's, it doesn't it's not sound a judgy at all. I think it's, it's not, it's, it doesn't sound judgy at all. I think also the fact that like you're saying that this idea of going to a party without alcohol, like is a possibility, you know? And I think that like for so much of the beginning part of my like journey, ugh, well, I'm so over the word journey, by the way. Journey. Can we find uh, a new word? Uh, we need a new one. So I did the track, the track. <laughs> That's how it makes it sound more. But, but this idea of even the fact that they're that you would go to a party without drinking would be shocking. I'm still like, oh my gosh, there's other people out there like us that are hosting parties. This is yes. amazing. I but know. Like, just let's plant the possibility seed. You know, like it's possible. Yes. It is possible. It is all possible without alcohol. All of it. Every single thing that you've ever done that's fun is possible without alcohol. You heard it here first, and we are not lying to you. Trust yes. and believe. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for, yeah, just kind of punctuating exactly the point I was trying to make. It is absolutely more than possible. And it may be the beginning of the trend. Hey, who yeah. knows? I hey. totally think it's the beginning of a trend. I know that like people throw this around that alcohol is going the way of the cigarette. But I honestly think that like at some point you just can't look at scientific data and ignore it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. At some point there's going to be warning labels. There's going to be the cancer risk is going to be on the bottle because it's killing people. And and it will get not so cool. Right. Like it, it's already becoming more and more fashionable 
to choose a life alcohol-free. And I think it's going to become less and less fashionable, so to speak, to be a drinker. And and definitely, especially in the rise of having to look picture perfect on social media, getting blackout is not cool anymore at all whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not cool. It, mm-hmm. It's not even. It's not cool. It, it hasn't. I, I decided it's not. <laughs> it hasn't ever been cool, but it certainly, I think, got a pass back in, you know, college days, right? But it's definitely not. Yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, gosh. Yeah. No way. No, yeah. thank you. Yeah. 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 So what That's are we it. talking about today? <laughs> you guys, that was not even what we're talking about. But since since we're still here, I guess let's Let's talk about the idea of, okay, if you don't want to go all the way to, you know, freedom from alcohol and just taking alcohol off the table completely, what what about moderation? Can we can we talk through that? Because, I mean, how many clients would you say come to you? Every and, single one. <laughs> yeah. Every yeah. single one. I'm not joking. Nobody yeah. comes to me and says, I want to quit. I want to quit forever. Yeah. Nobody. Yep. What about you? majority for sure no i mean so i i always ask the what what does freedom from alcohol look like you know yeah but yeah but yeah and in that nobody says i want to quit drinking what they Mm -hmm. what they really want is relief from all of the the conflict they feel around this and the thinking about and the planning for and all that that we always talk about but moderation is kind of like where everybody starts i can start with wanting like I never wanted to quit drinking I wanted to find relief and then I changed my desire which meant then alcohol became irrelevant but yeah yeah I the the answer that I have gotten more than anything else when I say okay why do you why do you want to do this why do you want to look at alcohol is I want to get back in control and I think that the immediate answer to get back in control is control something. What are you going to control? How much you're drinking? Therefore, the goal should be to moderate, right? And so Mm -hmm. let's talk about what that even means, because this is part of the problem, right? Moderating. Okay, what does that mean? Does that mean two drinks? Does that mean 10 drinks? What does it mean? Does it mean an amount? It's really confusing, right? Like, it's just like this Yeah, like we have to start by like defining what moderation means to us because so often too, if, I mean, it could mean something different to everybody, to your point, whatever that is. Is it it this? Is it drinking on weekends? Whatever. Is it, right? It does come back to that, maybe that control piece, like back where versus where alcohol is choosing me. That's where I got to where it felt like, I, you know, when I was drinking, I didn't even want to be drinking. Like alcohol was choosing me. I was not choosing it. But getting kind of like, And that's where, you know, coaching, obviously, this is what we do. We ask questions. We like get curious about what's what's part of that. So how would you define moderation? Let's get really specific on what that what that means to you. And do you find this too? A lot of people don't even know how to describe moderation. They just Mm -hmm. it's like moderation becomes that kind of catch all for I don't have to be one of those non drinkers. Yeah. If moderation is my goal, then I don't have to be one of those. Yeah, I think. The, the reason that that's hard, right, is because it's just constantly like we used to said, like setting rule after rule after rule mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that alcohol as a substance, not us as a person, makes really hard. Right. And so yeah. let, let's take the like just easy one of number of drinks 
if you are saying that you want to commit to two drinks, it's really, really hard to commit to two drinks after you've had the first drink. And that's not because there is a flaw in you or your brain. It's because there is a flaw with the way that alcohol works. It Mm -hmm. makes it hijacks our dopamine response. So we want more of it. We get thirsty for the alcohol. All of this stuff, it's like the way that it works in our brains and our bodies. It turns off our prefrontal cortex so we can't make that, like making that decision on whether to have the second, Mm -hmm. third, fourth glass. Like you're not, you're not coming from the same place. You're just not. And so alcohol is the thing that makes moderating it really hard. Like I always say, we're not meant or made to go head to head with an addictive substance like alcohol and like win. Like we're not, that's not how we're designed, right? I love that. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. It's it's a losing battle before you've even started. And so, and, and that's one thing that I found from my journey. It turns out I was moderating. I didn't know that I was drinking in moderation for, I mean, many, many years, right? That's essentially what I was doing while I still felt like I was in control of it. But then at a certain point, I was like, wait, I'm doing this and I don't even want to be doing this. Why is that? Yeah. And why can't I just say that I'm not going to drink tonight? Or or there were, you know, at the same time, I had the thought that as much as I didn't want to be doing it, it was also like, but I also can't imagine my life without it. So it was just all of that conflicting, you know, thinking around that. When you throw that up against an addictive substance, you know, where your desire, the more you drink of it, the desire for it increases because of the mechanism of an addictive substance. You're, yeah. You're literally, I mean, setting yourself up to only head the opposite of moderation or head the opposite of being in control of it. And so to your point, yeah, making, saying, I'm only going to have two drinks tonight. Gosh, how many times did I say that? A million. How many times did it work? Zero. Mm-hmm. Zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't ever hear or we would just never hear it, right? Oh, I'm going to, not that we're hanging out with like all these crazy drug addicts, but like you don't hear people talking about moderating their cocaine or moderating their heroin Mm. or moderating Mm -hmm. whatever other drug is because you know that that's a ridiculous statement because of the fact that those are highly addictive substances. But we've been conditioned, we've been conditioned to put alcohol in this other camp that it's Mm. not that bad and it's not as addictive but in reality it really really is and that was one of the things that like blew my mind when I was just like oh my gosh this is so true it is so true that once you've had a drink you like all bets were off there was no way I mean it was a running family joke like between me and Chris when I would say I'm just going out for one drink but I actually believed it a lot of the time. I'm like, I actually believed yes. I'm going yes. to go around the corner yes. to the restaurant or to the bar, to the pub, and I'm going to have one glass of wine. I really honestly, when I was walking out the door and it shut behind me, I believed that. Yes. But getting getting in at 2 a.m. and falling asleep in your mascara over and over and over again, first of all, is not cute. But B, second <laughs> of all, like, I kept thinking that it was going to be a different outcome. I kept thinking that I could just have one yeah. or two and that that would be cute. But it was never that. It just never went that way. 
trying the uh, yeah trying the same thing over and over again and getting the same result right the definition of insanity but i i love that you said that cuz i hadn't even realized that as true for me as well that i absolutely believed it and i was just like yeah we're just going to go have one drink like i absolutely believed that that was possible but you're right how many how many times did i was like okay sure and i'm like I, no i will yeah but did yeah. how many times did yeah did the opposite happen? And I think, you know, it's important here to talk about too, like what is possibly underneath the idea if moderation is your goal, maybe is it possible that there's something underneath that? I find with clients a lot mm. of times there is, there's multiple things underneath it. What looks like, yes, I want to moderate is really code for, I want to get control back. Okay. We know that, but also what are, this is a great way to talk about what fears are maybe holding you back from mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. experiencing life free from alcohol? Because if you say, I want to moderate, is that because potentially that you have a fear of becoming one of those? Like that was something that, you know, yeah. I mean, if you, you know, if, yeah. So if I moderate, then I'm not going to be, you know, then I'm not going to be one of those. Because that's what, if I went all the way in with this, that's what I would end up being. Mm -hmm. Or if I say I'm going to moderate, you know, I'm going to just moderate, does that, help me just in case, does that, because I'm afraid I'm going to fail. If I say that I'm going all in and wanting to be free from alcohol and not drink, and then what if I drink and then I fail, I can't handle that. So if I just say I want to moderate, does, is that, you know, my, my point here, is that masking of really underlying fear? And if so, let's, let's dig into that and figure out what that fear is because we bring that into the light. That's overcomable. Is that mm -hmm. a word? That's not a word. But it, but oh, it, it is, is now. It is today. Overcomable. It yeah. Um, right. What are, what's your experience with that? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I just want to like stop and comment on those two things really quickly because I think, first of all, like we started this conversation, right? With the fear of being the other. It's like, that, if you're here and you're listening, like you, just know that, that that doesn't have to be a fear anymore, right? Because of like the trends, because this is now a wellness topic. Because there's more and more people like doing this for their health, like physical and mental. And so there isn't necessarily this huge stigma that I thought where the other is like, you have to have this label Edgar, and it's going to mean all of this stuff. Like dig mm -hmm. into that because like when you sit with it, so much of it is just, again, I keep saying conditioning, but conditioning and preconceived assumptions that that just aren't true like we you there's yeah there's not this divide anymore and to the second one what was the second one um oh the fear of failure the f yeah if you yeah if that is if that's coming up for you go listen to our episode about counting days and like progress mm -hmm. not perfection because that is an all-time favorite of the people <laughs> all of the, the people that listen. all the readers <laughs> all the reader mail <laughs> all the readers but like it's yeah i yeah it's about progress, not perfection. And so like these, my point is you're saying I, what's underneath it. And we're trying mm -hmm. to tell you that that is stuff that maybe, just maybe, you don't have to worry about, you yeah. know? I also would love to talk about if you're listening to this and like moderating is your goal. That's cool, babe. That is fine. That is cool. That is not a bad goal. Mm -hmm. However, I think it's really, really important to note that no one has ever, and this, I'm just, this is a massive sweeping generalization, but <laughs> bring it. No one has ever been successful with moderating without first taking a proper break from alcohol mm. and really feeling 
and looking yeah. deeply into how it is affecting them, how mm-hmm. it works, what it's doing to their brains and bodies, and how they feel without it. That is key and it's so important. So if you're here and you're like, I want to moderate, great. But you still have to figure out how you feel without alcohol fully and truly and deeply. And all the cellular knowing, all the experiential knowledge, you have to do that first. Because if I want anything for you, dear reader, (laughs) dear listener, I want you to be empowered. I want you to know. Mm-hmm. I want you to know. I don't even literally actually want you to take what I'm saying like at face value. I want you to go yeah. figure this out yes. for yourself. Yes. Figure it out for yourself. How do you feel when you're drinking? How do you feel when you're not drinking? And then you can decide if you want to moderate or not. Right? And, and that's the great thing about if moderation is your goal. Fantastic. So it gives you a framework for then being able to say, okay, what does when we when we talk about like getting specific, what does moderation mean? How do I know what is that feeling that moder your idea of what moderation is going to give you? What is that feeling you're looking for? Because it's mm. it's some mm. kind of feeling. Right. I love it. Yeah. Okay, let me just work this out in real time. But it's some kind of feeling we're going for that if we could succeed in fill in the blank, in this case, moderating, w- then we would feel blank. Mm. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. is that feeling? Mm-hmm. Number one, let's clue in on that that we're looking for. For me, it was always just like relief and rest yeah. and uh, breath and room and space. And uh, and and then after that, to, to be able to do that, you've got to have evidence of both, right? You know what it looks like to not moderate. You know what it looks like to maybe try to moderate like you have. But taking this different approach with moderation now, let's also get that evidence, that experiential knowledge that says, this is what it looks like without. Because in that way, that's the only way to know even what what you really want as a specific goal related to moderation. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's just this, you know, broad sweeping, I want to moderate. What does that even mean? Let's collect evidence and see what it looks like when you're not drinking so that you have all of it, all of that data to help make that decision. Yeah. And if there's one thing that you pay attention to more than any other thing, Pay attention to the headspace that moderating versus not moderating, like on a considered break, because that is a thing that we just don't ever think about. And it's the thing that when you do take the break and you decide Mm -hmm. to really feel what it feels like to live alcohol free, that is the thing that everybody brings up, that everybody loves, is that they don't have to have that internal chatter, that mental real estate piece, that that brain nonstop chatter, right? About should I, shouldn't I, how many, what if, oh my gosh. When when that clears, that is something that you should feel and experience because that's a piece of moderation. And so if if you want to moderate, fine, but like you have to take that piece with you. And so feel what the what the difference is to not have the mental chatter and what it feels to have the chatter because that's what's part of the piece of empowering you on this. We have to find another word for journey on this exploration <laughs> expedition. <laughs> no. 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 I know. There's You're no other, there's no other word. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. But but that that's like for sure that mm-hmm. is where uh-huh <laughs> that is where i did not when i was stuck in the overdrinking cycle i didn't go 
oh, I want relief from the. I didn't know that relief from that chatter, that noise. I didn't yeah. know how much that. So to your point, it wasn't until I was free from alcohol that I saw or took a proper break from it till I saw that that mental real estate is then freed up. I mean, that was the biggest. If you don't know how good it is until you yeah. actually try it, yeah. people can tell you that that is a, a great thing and you'll mm-hmm. still be floored at how great it is great. to not have that mental real estate. But there was a time where I was, you know, when I was doing the 30 day this or that dry, whatever, you know, trying to do those things, like I would consider that a form of moderation and the mental mm-hmm. real estate mm-hmm. occupied was, was exponentially worse. So mm-hmm. that's a different moderation example than if you're going into it, like we're saying with this, I'm going to take a break with this experimental mindset to collect this data that says, this is what could be different if I'm not drinking. When I was trying to moderate on my own before, I finally was like, yeah, this isn't working. <laughs> that that wasn't, that was really just willpower. That wasn't quite yeah. moderation, so to speak, if in the way that we're talking about it today. Yeah, that's so good. That is so, so good. I love that so much. I just... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I just, I, I just, I, yeah, you do. Yeah, I do too, girl. I was just, I was just thinking too, that sometimes I think, and this, I'm guilty of this still to this day in a different way, but I mean, not related to alcohol anymore, but I, I wonder too, if moderation sometimes is, you know, code for, I want the change. I want the results that come with changing yeah, don't want to do the work to change. Mm-hmm. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure people, you know, would even be super aware of that. I wouldn't have been super aware of that. But mm-hmm. as someone who finds herself in this seat, often with other things where I'm like, yeah, I want the results of that. But do I really want to do the hard work? Of, yeah. You know, like I want to build up my uh, cardiovascular endurance. Like that's going to take like time and training and pr- that's, that's going to take hard work. So a lot of times I just want the result and not mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. to go through it, have to like, I can skip, you know, fast forward through all the hard work, but here's the deal. Like the hard work is what gets us to that place of changing our desire for alcohol or yeah. in, a, in a way that feels freeing, just like anything else. I mean, so many of us, maybe even as Jesus followers, it's, yeah, I want, I, I want salvation, but yeah. I really want to do the work of you know, that comes along with the sanctification process. Yeah. It's, it's work. So yeah. I would just, you know, offer that as a, as a possibility for anyone who's listening, who is thinking about moderation as a goal. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, but just consider maybe it's possible that it's the result and are, you know, are you willing to do the hard work that comes along with it? Um, yeah. Because anything yeah. that's worth, worth achieving or worth, being successful in it hasn't ever come without working towards it practicing it train you know practicing practicing it training for it all all of that yeah so yeah so so true although it i want to just caveat all that just to say that it doesn't have to last forever right like it is hard work it's hard work in the beginning oh yeah 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 whereas, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. whereas the sanctification thing feels yes that's, that's ongoing lifelong, yeah but but this thank you. Yeah. But this doesn't have to, you know. And 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 that's I guess again. I mean, not to put another like knock in moderation, but that is the problem with moderation. Is that like how do you ever know when that goal has been achieved? Like when you're yeah. just drinking once 
a year, once a week. Like it's, it's again, what's the, what's the definition of that? And then, and then again, that doesn't account for the fact that like alcohol, it's a slippery slope. It's a very, very slippery slope where it can, it can, the moderation can feel like it's working. And then it just, again, like I always love how you say it takes one small opening and then that's it. It's just, it's back in. And, and so that's another thing to consider when you're thinking about moderating. It's like, how will I know when I've achieved this? Right. Yeah. And I think that that goes to our conversation about like feeling versus behavior-based goals. Like, how do you want to feel? Does one glass a week of wine, if you can at- attain that, because that's really hard. But if you can do that, does it feel good? Is it worth it? Like cost benefit, benefit analysis, like it's still screwing up your sleep. It's still dehydrating you. It's still messing mm-hmm. with your hormones and your brain function, all that stuff. So is it worth it? Like that one glass, like how does it really make you feel, you know? And so, yeah, moderation is just wild. Like it's been so many years, like trapped in that. Just let me try to control it. Let me try to control it. It's going to be different this time. It's going to be different this time. Maybe if I have water, maybe if I actually eat before I go out, you know, and it just, again, same result, different day. It's exhausting. So I never have to do that again. I'm so glad we never have to do that again. And I really, I love that you drew that distinction between the two journeys (laughs) <laughs> There's that word again, but yeah, it's it 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 does take change. It takes doing things differently, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be complicated, and it's not ongoing. I mean, that is that's probably the biggest piece of this too. Just the freedom from alcohol journey in the first place. That is why it is so freeing because I never have to think. I never have to think about it again. I did the work initially to change those beliefs that change the desire and you change the desire, then you're just free from it. And so, you know, even thinking about just bringing it to a mindful drinking conversation, like starting, you're starting your moderation journey and that's your goal. Start the mindful, let's have a little time of mindful drinking. So you're paying attention to all of that. Take the break and you have the evidence without and then you know, to your point, being really specific on like, how will you know that that's been achieved? What is that feeling that you're going for? And is that achieved by having it every so often or whatever your definition of moderation is? There's only one way to to know and we are here for it. There's mm-hmm. there's no mm-hmm. same way for every person of doing doing this, doing this not journey, not journey. Doing this lifestyle. I don't know. Lifestyle. No, that's not it either. I love that so much. And it was literally going to be my Tina. That's exactly what I'm I'm not joking. I was like, that's uh, going to be my Tina, but you just took it. So I was just going to say, what is the feeling that you want from moderation? Yep. The thing underneath it. Yeah. What's the thing underneath? What is underneath it? What are you really wanting? And then get really curious about, can moderation give you that feeling? Just open-handed hold it really loosely hold it lightly hold it loosely i don't know hold it lightly and, and loosely get really, and loosely and get get curious and then report back because we want to know <laughs> this is the thing but, like and that's some reader mail guys <laughs> <laughs> watch this about okay i just said tiny tita now she's gonna she's gonna what do you say there's six yeah. minutes if you she know us then you know us but this is this is just the the pre ending that starts now i no i really don't i don't have anything 
I really don't. I was thinking about the the reader mail. Send us the send us where. Hey, let's throw it out there. If you found a way to moderate that you are happy with and you feel, you know, like you have achieved, please, we'd love to hear from you. Oh my gosh, come on the podcast and tell us about it. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. I mean, in this space, we've had interaction with thousands of people, and I've never I've yet to meet anyone that says this is this is. I moderate this way and this is how it works. And I'm so at peace and love my life as a moderate drinker. Yeah. So yeah. that is you, let's let's chat. I want to know. You might be a purple unicorn because you yeah. probably don't exist. Yeah. Wait a minute. Should we like tease a little bit what's happening in January? Like just a little tease, a little one? Yeah. Yeah. Do okay. It. You do it. Okay. Gals, we have something really exciting coming for you. And that's it. We want to connect with you further. We want to see you face to face. We want to get in a room with you. We want to be with you. We want to give you virtual high fives and hugs. And so we have been agonizing. I think that's a fair assessment over what that looks like and what we what we can do and what we want to do for you so it's coming it's coming that's all we've got maybe a little new year surprise yeah we have a really special belated christmas present for you coming in jan inspired by all of the messages that we get that say like i am listening along in my car to you girls and i feel like i'm part of the conversation i'm talking out loud with you guys that is Probably that's my most favorite feedback of all to hear because Mm -hmm. when we started this, we wanted it to be conversational. We didn't want it to be this like scripted teaching kind of thing, which we have some of those to kind of like, you know, kind of give you an idea of what this like whole work is all about or whatever. But we, in case you couldn't tell, we're largely unscripted. (laughs) I think that's fairly (laughs) obvious. We do our research. We do our research. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we do do our yeah. research. Yes. And we have to prep for, you know, we prep for our yeah. guests and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to having a conversation, like, yeah, that's what I think is really amazing because conversations are connecting and they're real. It allows us to show up in a way that we're just like, this is just how we are. And we want to meet the people who are having the conversations along with us in the car. Mm-hmm. And we want you to be a part of the conversation, but you don't have to come on and record on the pod to do that. We have another way. So just. Stay tuned. We're so excited. We just can't give you all the details until they're all, you know, ready to go. So, yeah, it's going to be great. Yay. All right, my beautiful friend. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next Monday. We hope you have a really, when is this coming out? A really blessed Christmas. And we do have an episode coming, dropping on Christmas. And we recorded it for the woman that just needs a little pep talk, a little wants to check in with us. You can listen to it in your like kitchen pantry or whatever. But we wanted to make sure that we did drop something on Christmas because we are we're thinking about you gals and what you would want to need and hear and all that good stuff. So there yeah. will be an episode on the 25th. We can we can be your girlfriends along with you on the journey called Christmas Day. Let's go find a new word for journey. Let's do it right now. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. You can find all of our episodes at butjesusdrankwine.com and make sure you follow us over on the gram at lovelifesoberwithchristy and mead at 
I'm not sober, I'm free. To learn more about what we do, you can visit our websites at needhollandshirley.com and lovelifesober.com. Take a screenshot of this podcast and share it with a friend or two. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't have to worry about missing a single episode. And if you love what we're doing, please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. This helps more women who are feeling stuck and alone in the overdrinking cycle to find hope and encouragement. Thanks, ladies. We so appreciate you. We'll see you next week.